This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. I cannot. I, I. I'm sorry. I'm a little speechless. I'm a little thrown off, frankly, by the mere notion. Even though I know it's ta- it's more in terms of a housekeeping kind of thing. The mere idea of extending Dak Prescott, Canty, I just can't deal with that. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. I want, please elaborate to me or outline to me why this is a good idea. This is something that we were talking about before the show, and the Cowboys are starting to make things interesting when you have Stephen Jones this week saying, Hey, you know, C.J. Stroud's kind of an intriguing prospect, and maybe it's just trying to wake Dak up a little bit. Well, it's just trying to bring Dak back down to earth in terms of what he would be asking for for a contract extension because let's be clear, Carlin, based on what Dak Prescott is getting paid, he's supposed to perform at a higher level than what we saw this year. So maybe this is Stephen Jones and the Dallas Cowboys greasing the skids in terms of making sure that whatever contract negotiations do take place this offseason, it's within the realm of reasonable rather than getting stupid. But when it comes to Dak Prescott, he's got a $49 million cap hit this year. Next year, in 2024, it jumps to $52 million. So, Carla, when you have a player taking up 21% of your cap or more, that becomes a problem. There's only one player in the NFL that has a higher cap hit than Dak Prescott in 2023, and that's Deshaun Watson. And we know the funny business that the Cleveland Browns did in structuring that deal for Deshaun, making sure that he wouldn't lose a lot of money in year one while he was suspended. But when you look at Dak's situation, it makes sense to extend him to lower the cap hit so that you can take care of the other business that you have this offseason with trying to retain Tony Pollard, trying to extend CeeDee Lamb, trying to extend Trayvon Diggs, and also going out and getting another playmaker on the edge of your offense, another wide receiver that can beat tight man coverage uh, and get you some yards after catch. So I, I think that the Dallas Cowboys would be wise if they gave Dak Prescott a contract extension, something in the realm of what we've seen in the last couple of years, $45, $46 million average annual value, to low, if for no other reason but to lower his cap hit over the next couple of years while they're still in their championship window. Yeah, I get that. I I wouldn't do it. I absolutely would not do it because, <laughs> yes, the championship window is is open right now. It's closing, though. It's closing. Exactly. It's closing. I, I agree, and that's why I'm not doing it because you may want to do it to, to add around him. I can work around some other deals. I can kick the can down the road. I can rob Peter to pay Paul in some other places. Can't he? They have already paid Dak Prescott $130 million in seven years. What has it gotten them? Two playoff wins and nowhere near a championship game appearance. That, to me, is not nearly, not nearly enough for me to say, okay, I'm going to do this to lower the cap hit, but it kind of ensures he's going to be my guy a little bit longer than maybe I'm comfortable with. If they waited until next year, if they gave him 2023 at the current numbers, and they cut him, they cut him next year, after June 1st, it wouldn't destroy them. It would be an $18 million cap hit, and they'd get $34 million in savings. So mm-hmm. in other words, you could, in theory, after 2023, if you are not happy with where Dak is, make him a post-June 1st cut. 
and and move on. And listen, does that mean you're starting over? Probably. Probably so. You are probably drafting somebody, whether it's somebody this year or somebody next year. But if I'm making that decision, I clearly haven't gotten anywhere near where I need to get based on what I have paid him already. Well, here's the the problem that you run into. If you hedge in that way, say the Cowboys use a premium pick this year and draft a quarterback, what you are then saying is that, yeah, we, we think we're going for a championship, but we've got an eye toward the future rather than being all in on this current roster as constructed. And I think that's a mistake. You have to play out the string with this team, with this core players that you've assembled, because it is a team that's had back-to-back 12-win seasons, and you're hopeful with the continuity at the head coaching position and the continuity at the quarterback spot that you're going to get over the hump eventually. Adding another premium playmaker on the offensive side of the ball has got to be a priority for the Cowboys. Retaining the guys on the defensive side of the ball and maybe adding a couple of pieces in there has got to be a priority. I don't know that you can do both in terms of try to win in the here and now and yet hedge toward the future when it comes to the quarterback spot. Think about this. For a player to give you a good chance of giving you Dak Prescott level play or better at the quarterback spot, you're going to have to use a premium draft choice. And Carlin, the Dallas Cowboys have the 26th pick in the first round this year. They would likely have to move up in mortgage future draft capital to get a guy in there that could be your starter in 2024 and give you a good chance of giving you what Dak Prescott is already giving you right now. So that's why I say it makes the most sense to extend Dak now. And if you want to use a mid-round pick or a late pick on a quarterback to develop, that makes sense. But give Dak Prescott the extension now just because you're going to have a hard time finding a player that can replace him in terms of what he brings to your organization. Okay, and and to be clear, I I want to do this, and I want to not draft C.J. Stroud or a quarterback high this year. What I could do is maybe to hedge partially is do what you just suggested, but maybe let's say Hendon Hooker in the third round. Hendon Hooker is a guy that was pretty highly regarded, but he obviously had the major had the injury which is going to hurt him quite a bit. My point yep. is simply this. I'll take those first couple of picks, and I'll add players that can help me win right now. That That's what I want to do. I want to I give Dak every chance that I can. I want to do what I can with Zeke, who we both agree is gone. It's going to save them about $11 million there. I can do some restructuring. I don't think Jerry's wrong here, or Stephen Jones is wrong here, to suggest it to light a fire with Dak. It's not that... It, it, Dak is somebody that just has to get it done. I don't care where the motivations are anymore. I don't care where any of that is. He had a bad season. He had a bad season. He had a season that, at this juncture, with this window where it is, they can't have that happen. Whether it was the injury at the beginning of the year... Whatever it is, I don't care. He turned the ball over way too much, and that has to end. So I can't put myself in a spot where I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul now, and I want to make sure that uh, I can get as much as I can at the moment because Dak, in a couple of years now, I'm going to be okay going with that. All that tells me is the Cowboys are fine with the status quo. 
And they keep thinking, like, you know what, at that point you almost have, to put it in baseball terms, you almost have a Brian Cashman-type mentality. We'll do everything we can to get to the postseason, and then we'll see what happens. Well, it's not complicated. The question you're asking yourself is, does a young quarterback over the next two to three years put us closer to winning a championship than Dak does? The answer to that is likely no. So you probably move forward with extending him and hope that his representation can be reasonable in terms of what they're looking at. But, Carlin, if you're surveying the quarterback marketplace, this number is going to jump in terms of what the average annual value on quarterbacks at the top of the market is. Like, it's not going to be – It's not 40, going down. We it's not going to be in the mid-$40 <laughs> mid million dollar range very long. When Joe Burrow gets his deal and Jalen Hurts gets his deal and Justin Herbert gets his deal, you're talking about quarterbacks getting paid 50-plus million dollars on average annual value being more of the norm. And that's what Dak Prescott's representation should be pushing for, knowing what's happening with the NFL landscape and the revenue pot. So I, I, I just I don't see this as a situation that's going away anytime soon. I think this has the potential to be a contentious negotiation, but we also have to acknowledge Dak Prescott has got a ton of leverage in this because he doesn't have to do anything, Carlin, and the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to be stuck with a $49 million cap hit in 2023 and a $52 million cap hit in 2024. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by... Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. If you're a Ravens fan, you're looking around at Lamar and you're thinking, man, if we don't have Lamar, we don't have a chance. They've seen that this offense, which has basically been built around Lamar Jackson's skill set, is not really workable with a different quarterback. And if they were to move on from him, I think they would have to rebuild in a number of ways. If the sides can't reach a new deal by March 7th, the Ravens will place the franchise tag on Jackson to keep him from becoming a free agent. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. It's over. It's over. Lamar Jackson's not going to be with the Ravens next year, can't he? Can't he and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. As each day passes, I become more and more convinced of that because I really feel like the situation is irreparable. The only scenario in which I see him returning is if they let him be a non-exclusive uh, franchise tag tender. He goes out and signs a deal elsewhere and he gets his fully guaranteed deal, and they decide to match it. That's the only scenario under which I can see him coming back at this point. Yeah, this is going to get ugly for the Baltimore Ravens. Now, good for them. They can find a way to create a lot of cap space in a hurry. Carlin, when we had Randy Mueller on in the 3 o'clock hour, he just basically outlined that teams are now building in automatic restructures with a lot of the contracts that they're doing. So if the Baltimore Ravens restructure the top three cap hits that they have in 2023, which would be Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, Mark Andrews, they cut Kevin Zeitler and Calais Campbell, they can save $32 million. So that cap space goes from having $26 million bucks to having $58 million. Bucks. And it makes it that much more palatable to stomach the $45 million exclusive franchise tag that they're going to slap on Lamar Jackson over the next couple of weeks. But the one thing that we have to acknowledge is that Lamar Jackson doesn't have to sign the franchise tag. And there, therein lies the rub with Baltimore in terms of how they move forward this offseason, an offseason in which Snoop Huntley is going to be a free agent, their backup quarterback. 
How do you get this team better while dealing with Lamar Jackson on a $45 million franchise tag cap hold without the player actually signing the franchise tag? This is going to get ugly. It's going to turn into a game of chicken. And ultimately, the longer this drags out, the more the Baltimore Ravens lose. Canty, little tidbit today that came out that really showed me, especially why Lamar thinks this is over. Todd Munkin, their new offensive coordinator, who they basically brought in to be Lamar's guy, Mm. doing everything they can otherwise to do it. The guy, Todd Munkin, of course, was running Georgia's offense the last few years, as explosive as they were. And Lamar has not even spoken to him yet. They haven't talked in a week plus since they have, uh, since they hired him. Yeah. That's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. Even though Lamar was consulted in his hiring, like, this is to me, Lamar, I'm shutting it down, fellas, okay? And I don't blame him one bit. Let's, let's regroup when you have... Uh, an opportunity to come correct with a not with a fully guaranteed deal, which is not going to happen. Well, people were saying that Lamar shouldn't step foot on the field last year and play the fifth year option, but he did, and yep. so he did an organization the solid. He went out there and he played for whatever it was, you know, eighteen million bucks, twenty million bucks, whatever the number was. He went out there and played without financial security beyond twenty twenty two, and he ended up getting hurt. Now, it's a knee injury that kept him out several games, but it's not deemed to be serious and not going to affect his football future. So this is not something that you have to factor in in terms of, you know, what kind of player you're going to get if you sign him to a long-term deal. But if you're Lamar, why would you even think about playing on the franchise tag going yet another year without financial guarantees beyond that season? That's a non. That's a non-starter for me. Like if I was a player in Lamar's situation, that is a non-starter. I'm not doing that. Call me when you got the fully guaranteed deal that Deshaun Watson got, and then tack on an extra ten percent for making me wait another year. Let's do that. And unless it's that deal, then don't hit my phone. Well, you're that's not the, the posture. That's the posture that Lamar Jackson should take. You're not the only one who feels that way. Here's Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter on Get Up Today. I think you picked the wrong guy if you think that Lamar Jackson is going to fold on this one. He has been a man of principle since before he even got into the league when people suggest that he shouldn't play the quarterback position. He has always put his feet in the ground. And one thing I want to point out here is that not to go too in the weeds, but Mike T talking about that non-exclusive tag at $32 million. I don't even know that Lamar Jackson would play at the exclusive tag at $45 million. He ain't stepping foot on the field for $32 million this coming season. No shot. And by the way, Deshaun Watson got three first-round picks in that trade to go to the uh, Browns, had to give them up to the Texans. Two first-round picks isn't enough either. So, I, I look, I just think Lamar Jackson is a man of principle, and he ain't stepping on the field under that tag. Carlin, no, Carlin, know your worth, then add tax on top of it. Yeah. And that tax is 10% on top of what Deshaun Watson got. Yep. So if you add 10% onto the $230 million that Deshaun Watson got on a five-year contract, it's $253 million for five years. That works out to be $50.6 million, making me the highest-paid player in the NFL. And I want it all guaranteed. And unless it's that deal, then what the hell are we talking about? Yep, uh, and I couldn't agree more. And on the principled front, I think there's one thing that people don't understand about Lamar Jackson, and Jeff was kind of speaking about it right there. When you talk about Lamar has so much to lose here, he doesn't look at it that way. 
Lamar looks at this as he came up from nothing, and he so he knows what that's all about. Like, he's willing to stand in his principles about this. Like, he's not going to sweat it, can't he? You know, there are other people. Listen, I don't know that I'm that strong if I were in that situation. I, I don't know that I would be able to sit there and stay as principled in what I believed in the moment to get every last penny as he is. There are plenty of people who would not do that. Well, and I give him credit for it in this case. Well, you can call not, him whatever you want. He's, I think he's right. Well, it's not that hard, though, Carlin. Think about this, man. Lamar Jackson knows he's going to get $250 million guaranteed, whether it's from Baltimore or somebody else. He knows that's coming to him. So how hard is it to sit, to sit still and wait to let this thing play out? It's not like Lamar is a poor creator. He's made $32.7 million yeah. over five years. He's okay. Financially, he's good. He's made more money than most people could dream of. Yep. So it's not like he's got to be in a hurry to sign a contract. No, but to 40- that point, like Jeff, Jeff was saying, this has always been him. This, this has always been him. Well, we know he, he's, gonna, he, he's operating a little bit differently because he doesn't have an agent. He represents himself. Mm-hmm. And most quarterbacks of that ilk, MVP caliber, guys that are going to get top-of-the-market contracts, they have agents that basically put these deals together for them. Lamar says he wants to do it on his own with the help of some family members and key friends. Like, he's going to do this a little bit differently. He's told us that from the jump because he's represented himself from the jump. So you knew that this was not going to be a negotiation like those that you've had in the past with Joe Flacco and other quarterbacks that have been of consequence within your organization. So you can't approach it with that same mentality. And this guy is a 26-year-old MVP. So the demand that's created by the scarcity of what Lamar is bringing to the table is what's going to drive the contract that he's trying to get. And so I think that Lamar is going to get his money. It's just a matter of is it going to be from the Baltimore Ravens or is it going to be from somebody else? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. Is Lamar right for going after and trying to get every penny guaranteed here? And should the Ravens just now trade him at this point? 888-729-3776. Up next, we play our own version of playing GM. Tag him or sign him. That's what we're doing. We'll discuss next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Tag him or sign him. That's what we're going to discuss. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. Listen, the franchise tags are now available for use around the NFL. This is obviously a very good thing for teams to ensure they don't lose their best players. At the very least, they have a chance to recoup some losses if they were to sign somewhere else, which hasn't happened in forever, or to keep them just on that franchise tag if a player is willing to sign it, keep their rights from going elsewhere. So, Canty, why don't we play a little game of tag him or sign him? Let's go! Eric Hanneman, producer of the show today, will give us the player, the team, and whether I should tag him or sign him. We will make the call. Hanneman, the floor is yours. All right, fellas, let's start off with the one that's really getting all the attention, Lamar Jackson from the Baltimore Ravens. Can't he tag him or sign him? I'm going to say tag him as a prelude to trading him because I don't think you're going to be able to sign him. The Ravens had their opportunity to give Lamar Jackson the Deshaun Watson deal fully guaranteed. They balked on it. They're going to pay the price because it's going to cost them a franchise quarterback. You tag him and you fetch the best offer in terms of trade compensation coming back to Baltimore. See, I'm, I'm trying to sign him and can't he – just give in on the deal. Like, you lost, Steve Bishotti. You lost, Ravens. You played this wrong. And now I pay that little extra tax. If I go to Lamar and say 253 right now, fully guaranteed, do we have a deal? I would say yes. Yes? Probably not. Probably you think not. Lamar at this point is saying, screw you. I'm out. Exactly. I can get it from anybody else. So mm-hmm. why not? This is, this is de facto free agency for me. I have an opportunity to be somewhat of a free agent and pick where I want to continue my football future because I've soured on the relationships in Baltimore. Well, I would try to sign him, but if not, tag him and trade him. I have to. Bye-bye. Like, bye. 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 See you later. Bye-bye. Next. All right, going to stay with the quarterback position. Excuse me. The New York Giants quarterback, Daniel Jones. Tag him or sign him, Carlin. Oh, tag him. Yeah, I, I want to let Daniel Jones, as they say, go into the marketplace. See somebody that is willing to sign you to a long-term deal and be willing to do that. And I, I in return, get two first-round picks? Yeah, we're good. Somebody wants to give you $45 million plus for three years? Go get it somewhere else, son. I'm putting the non-exclusive tag on him, Canty. He could play for 31 mil next year. Yeah, we popping tags with Daniel Jones. The only thing that muddies the waters a little bit is that the Giants have another free agent that they would like to retain, a guy that's an impact player. So I think that could push the Giants to trying to get to a long-term deal with Daniel Jones over the next couple of weeks. But ultimately, I think they end up using a non-exclusive franchise tag on him. Next. Yeah, that leads us to that guy that Canty was just talking about, Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants. Canty, what are you doing with Saquon Barkley? Tag him or sign him? 
I can't believe I'm saying this, but you sign him. I, I don't like giving running backs long-term deals, especially a running back that has the injury history that Saquon does. But he did set a career high with rushing yards. They did get to the playoffs, and he was their most explosive weapon on the offensive side of the ball. A big part of what the Giants did, even when he wasn't carrying the football, you could see his impact on the offense because he opened up so many other things for other players. So I think you'd pay Saquon Barkley. I'm not saying it's Christian McCaffrey money, but it's certainly higher than what the franchise tag number is for running backs at $10 million. Somewhere in the middle ground, $13 million on average annual value sounds about right. You try to get a three-year deal, but I think it ultimately ends up being a four-year pack. Yeah, I listen, if I have to bring Saquon back to make Daniel Jones better, that's a problem. You know what I'm doing? I, I'm trying to sign him, but I'm signing him on my own terms. Wow. I, if I give him three for 13 per, that's we're good, right, in my mind. I can't go beyond that because, Canty, it's too replaceable. You're too replaceable. And Saquon has to know that. So where where is somebody like Saquon Barkley going to be best off trying to make the most money that he can on and off the field? New York. New York. Let Saquon go somewhere else. If I have to risk that, let Saquon go somewhere else. Next. All right, let's stick with the running back position. Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders. Carlin, you tagging him or uh, signing him? Uh, I'm tagging him if I'm the Raiders. And reason being, that number's not ridiculous. And Josh Jacobs at this point, he had a fantastic season. But Canty, this has not been the norm of the career. Like, I want to see him do it again. And I'm not, again, it it is the, the premium of the position. There is very little premium in the position anymore because you can find guys. You can find guys to go do it. I'd tag him, and that's it. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I'm tagging Josh Jacobs. I, I love the fact that you got the level of production that you got. But here's the thing. The Raiders have the cap space. They have the third most cap space of anybody in the National Football League. So the $10 million on the franchise tag is not going to be money that I'm going to miss in terms of being able to handle other business this offseason. So, yeah, I'm tagging Josh Jacobs. I don't think twice about this one. Next. All right, fellas, we know that uh, a big reason the Chiefs won the Super Bowl was their offensive line. So Super Bowl champion Orlando Brown Jr. Canty, you tagging him or signing him? Oh, boy. (laughs) You got to try to sign this guy because you can't ask him to play under the tag again, Carly. You know that number jumps 20% from what it was last year when he played under the tag. So this is a situation where it would behoove the Kansas City Chiefs to get this done, especially after we saw the impact that that offensive line had on winning Super Bowl 57. I mean, if you could have gave the entire offensive line MVP of the game, you probably would have because they basically pitched a shutout against the Eagles' defensive line, a defensive line that led the entire NFL in sacks. It's hard to find left tackles. They already forked over a lot of trade compensation in order to get Orlando Brown from the Baltimore Ravens. You got to keep this guy in-house, sign him to a long-term deal, probably going to be the highest-paid tackle in the National Football League. Canty, they outplayed the best offensive line in football, and Orlando Brown was a big reason why. And we, do we know what his pass rush win rate was, or pass rush block rate was? I'll tell you what it was, 92%. 92%. This dude's not going anywhere. Lock him up long-term. Do the right thing. Next. 
Moving to the team that lost the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles, Javon Hargrave. Uh, Carlin, you tagging him or signing him? Uh, listen, uh, I'm probably, probably tagging him. And it's still probably a ridiculous number. I don't know that I can afford to keep him. Brandon Graham's a free agent. You've got four guys on that defensive line who had 10-plus sacks, Hargrave being one of them, and this is obviously a payday time for him, right? Yeah. Who can the Eagles keep and who can't they keep? Javon Hargrave, given the depth at the position, I would expect to maybe be one of those guys they lose this offseason. This is where Howie Roseman makes his money. He drafted a position of need a year early. That's why they invested the first-round pick in Jordan Davis. They can't afford to tag Javon Hargrave at $19 million for defensive tackles. So I think this is a situation where you try to sign him, you get him to agree to be a part of building something special in Philly around Jalen Hurts. But in the event that he's got to cash in and he wants big money in free agency again, then you're probably going to have to let him ride out. So I think you try to sign him, and if you can't sign him, you let him walk. Yeah, I think he's going to be looking to build something special in his bank account. We'll see you later. Next. All right, let's go to the comeback player of the year, Geno Smith with the Seattle Seahawks. We know he didn't write back, but where will you like to see him write his name, on a franchise tag or on a long-term contract, Canty? I'm going to say, Hugh. I'm going to say you got to try to sign Geno to a long-term deal knowing that you have a top-five pick in your back pocket if you're the Seahawks. You can always draft the quarterback at the top of this year's class if you like one of those signal callers, but I can't hold my nose and stomach paying Geno $32.5 million and that all going into this year's cap. If I'm Seattle, I just can't afford to do that. So I, I'm looking to... I'm looking to try to sign Geno Smith to a team-friendly contract, and if I can't, then I'm going to lean on drafting one of those guys at the top of this year's class. And let him walk away? And let him walk away. Understandable. If the Seahawks feel like they can win next year, I would tag him. And Because I I would think, first of all, I would think Geno's going to sign it. You know, up until this point, Geno's only made $17 million in his career. Yeah. You make $31 off of this. And if and nobody's signing him on the franchise or on the, you know, as a free agent at that point. If I do tag him, um, if I feel like I can win this coming year, then yes. But Canty, I'd look around the division, and I would say, mm, I'm can't. probably not going to win You're this year. You're not winning this year. Yeah, that's the problem I run yeah. into. So I, like you, would say, I might have to take a hard pass in both cases because I don't. I don't know that I even want to sign him to a two-year deal at that point, unless we're talking about, you know, twenty million per. Which, listen, for Gino, might be something that he'd be con- he'd be content with. Might be. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Listen, it's no secret around these parts. We like wagering. Is that fair? That's fair to say. We, you know, what else we else we like making you money. We like making ourselves money. And we're going to try to do both in a moment because the final 25 games or so of the NBA season are coming up. And we've had a bevy of trades lately. So, what are the odds? That's what we're going to look at next and get some value. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. To make some money. I need to make some money. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. So ways in which we usually do that are to wager, which seems like a very responsible way to go, especially when you win. That does not happen nearly enough. But Canty, I think we need to get ourselves uh, in gear here with a little good bet, bad bet. What do you think? I like it. Let's go, big fellow. We've got the odds. What are the odds? Now it's your turn to decide. May the odds be ever in your favor. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? All right, Canty. uh, This morning, it got me thinking about the NBA as we are about set to get going with the final, what, 25 games of the year or so. Yep. And I wanted to look at what the futures are considering all the trades that we have just had to win the NBA championship. Are you ready? I'm going to fire match you. We've got the odds. What are the odds? Now it's your... I don't know. I think kept playing. Fat-handing it again. I don't understand what you're doing right now. Just just the pure disgust with which you're looking at me, I think, is just undue and unnecessary. Okay? Because you derailed, you derailed the show by fat-handing everything. I, I didn't touch it. It just kept going. Yeah, what am I supposed you, to do? You're trying to lead us to believe that you had nothing to do with it, right? I okay. promise I had nothing to do with that one. All right. I'll own up to it sometimes. Canty. <laughs> Boston Celtics are currently the betting favorite to win the NBA championship this year at plus 325. Good bet, bad bet. I think that's a bad bet, man. I think those those three teams at the top of the Eastern Conference are really, really close in contention with Boston. You're talking about the Philadelphia 76ers two and a half games back, the Milwaukee Bucks a half game back. I, I don't know. I think any one of those three teams have an opportunity to come out of the East and based on the way that Philly has been trending, the way that James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and Joel Embiid have been playing, I have a hard time betting against those guys. So with the short odds for the Boston Celtics, I don't know if that's good value. I would look toward the Philadelphia 76ers as being a better bet than the Boston Celtics to come out of the East. Not a great bet at plus 325, but I do like their chances of getting there. So if I were to pick a favorite, they are certainly who I would pick. Phoenix Suns, plus 450, second favorite. Good bet, bad bet. 
Uh, I'm going to say it's a good bet. And the only thing that you're worried about with the Suns is the health, right? We've seen Chris Paul at the most inopportune times in the postseason get hurt. Kevin Durant, since the Achilles injury, has been hurt every single season. So, and Devin Booker, who hadn't had any real injury history, all of a sudden missed a significant amount of time this year with an injury. So that's the only thing that could hold the Phoenix Suns back. But, Carlin, if that's the chief concern that you have for the Phoenix Suns, then you really don't have any concerns about the Phoenix Suns, right? They are loaded. They are absolutely loaded. But at plus 450, I'm going to say bad bet because I just don't trust the idea of it all coming together just that quickly to win a championship. That's all. Okay. That's all. Canty, Denver Nuggets plus 700. Good bet, bad bet. You know that's a bad bet. When is it a good bet to take the Nuggets in the playoffs? When? Maybe this is the year at 7-1. to I I love the dad bod God, and right now he's got to be in 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 the front runner spot for MVP for a third straight year, but but Carlin, I just the Denver Nuggets, they they I, I can't take them I know. seriously as a title contender. I, I know. just don't see it happening. It's like getting pizza out of New York City. You can't do it. You can't bring yourself to do it. Canty, I don't think it's the worst bet in the world. Let's okay. put it that way. Just because it feels like one of these years they finally have to break through. All right, two more quick ones. Right now, Golden State Warriors at fourteen to one. Good bet, bad bet. Oh, I love that. That's great eyes. The Golden State Warriors don't take the season serious until after the All-Star break. That's what they routinely do. And you got to realize, they went on a deep playoff run last year. They won the championship, obviously. But Steph, Clay, and Draymond are getting older. So they have to be judicious in terms of how they use yep. their minutes during the regular season. And I think that this is a team that's going to flip a switch and get this thing going. So good bet. I hate it. I think it's a bad bet. I think they're not going to do it this year. Ten seconds. Lakers, plus 3,000, 30 to 1. Good bet, bad bet. Bad bet. You're not buying in. As no. a fan, you're speaking no. fan ease right here. You're being neg- uh, they've hurt negative. Me. They've hurt me too many times. I can't do it. I understand. I understand. Horrible bet. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.